August 1st, 2004. It's the Watt from Pedro Show.
from Pedro Show, August 1st, 2004 edition, Sunday here in Pedro, pretty gray, sun's not out yet, Yeah, June but it ain't even noon yet, so, what's up with that, get the Palumbas going on the big dick extenders on the bike, <laughs> uh, we started to show off with attaining John Coltrane off his Sunship album, much respect, I have new John Coltrane pin. Cool. Craig Ibarra, Skater Cat. Uh, uh, it's for UPS sad. now. Oh, yeah. But he's the guy who organizes those benefits for the skate park here yeah. in town. And he made me a whole bunch of Coltrane buttons, some D-Boom ones. Oh, cool. Yeah, I got to bring you some D-Boom ones cool. he meant. And uh, speaking of which, we just played a song with D-Boom there, Reactionaries from 1979. George Hurley on the drums, Martin Timbervich singing, some idiot on bass, and uh, very honored to have as guest on the show, joining me and Brother Matt here in the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point, somewhere west of the Rockies, northeast equator, the subject matter of that tune, uh, which was Tony Gets Wasted, Pedro, here he is, Tony Platten. Hello. Yeah, welcome. Welcome, Tony. Hello, Mr. Watt. So, uh, finally we get you on the show. Me and Brother Matt's been doing it now a couple a couple years. I think we're almost up to 70 shows. And having a lot of fun with it. But uh, it's great to have you aboard. Uh, how long you know me, Tony? I'd say about 35 years now. You can imagine that. Since, what, about fourth grade? Yeah. Wow. So we go back. So Tone's probably my yeah. oldest friend in Pedro. Yeah. <laughs> Get some agua down the hatch here. 
Um, yeah, me and Tone's done a lot of miles. Uh, took you on a couple tours. Three tours. Yeah, the fire hose. the country. Yeah. Tone's never been on a jet. Oh, wow. But maybe in a few months I will be. Yeah, me and Tone are planning. Cool. On, uh, Possibly Bora Bora. We went, wow. That's possibility I'm trying to find some place he hasn't been to uh, cool and a lot of people told me it's like in that time of the year it's summer seeing as how i don't ever get summer off doing my business it's, yeah so i, I thought that might be interesting yeah it's a trip i'm out you know that dublin thing on bloomsday mm. last month and well, actually, in June, that was huh? actually my first time going to a town without playing it. So that's when I got the idea. When I came home, I think it was the night I came home, I called Tone. Yep. I usually call Tone every night, right, Tone? Yep. Just yep. about every night. All these years. <laughs> and when I was talking to him, like, you know what, Tone? That was a trip to do that, go to a town without playing, you know? And so, why don't me and you go to a town? So... That's kind of what got it going. So maybe, and Tone, uh, some cats on his route, Tone cleans pools. Yeah. And some guys had been to Bora Bora and told them they got kind water. It's it's French part of uh, yeah. Micronesia-like. Uh, the biggest island near it's Tahiti. And uh, he said there's clear water, not a lot of people. So you can see 30 feet down and see the body, you know, and uh, they said it's just... In fact, the two people I've talked to, they actually told me it's like the most beautiful island or place they've been in the world. Wow. I mean, if, you know, again, that's, that's relatively speaking someone's that. opinion, but these are a couple of people that have traveled a lot. And they said it's it's a good place to think if you've never been there. Mm-hmm. Many places in the world you can go to, I guess. Yeah, so that's happening. Um, me and Tone's been to a lot of gigs. Um, remember the Alice Cooper gig? We were talking about that yesterday. Yeah. About D Boone's pop took us to the gig, and it was this little Oldsmobile two door. How many cats were crammed in nine there? Nine people in there. Yeah, we had two cats in the trunk. Two guys in the trunk, even on the way home. To the forum. Oh, man, we were crushed in there. Nobody could walk when they got out of the car. Susie like, Quattro opened. Susie Quattro and Alice Quattro. It was the Welcome My Nightmare tour. And he had Lou Reed's uh, two guitar players playing with him on that. Right, he didn't have his, it was the first tour without his band. He had Hunter and Wagner playing. And, right, Rodgers, John. A couple, really, couple really fine guitar players. Oh, we were young. 15, 14? No, a little older than that. Because it's Alice Cooper after his band. And so I believe uh, we had one Laneo for the whole gig, which was kind of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were crammed in that Oldsmobile. I mean, it was a tiny little car, and... Yeah, it was can't believe painful. it. And it was yeah, like twenty miles. It, it took like an hour. Oh man! <laughs> I mean, D Boone wasn't as big. Remember playing football with D Boone? Yeah, we used at to play Peck at Park. Peck Park every yeah. weekend, and uh, he wasn't fast. Almost everybody got a shot tackling him, but it was hard bringing him down. It he usually was strong. took five or six people to take him down, <laughs> and then he'd just carry him down the field as they were hanging <laughs> yeah. on. To him. He's and a tractor. He, you know. Now, as far as guitar. Dibuna, of course, as many of you know, started out a lot of stuff, I think, before other people were uh, playing it. I think uh, maybe he was one of the the best guys at figuring out really complicated guitar stuff early in his career. But he helped you. He taught me the first four songs I know. He was doing a little guitar teacher, remember, on the That's side. That's right. All right, and if I can remember right, I believe uh, it was Locomotive Breath from Jethro Tull and uh, Lucky Man from ELP and From the Beginning, and then 
down I'm with the car. Alice Cooper. Those Alice were the first Cooper. songs he taught me. So he was out there, but he he figured out a lot of Blue Oyster Cult stuff, which I thought was really cool. It was very hard for me to figure Harvester out. Harvester And he knew all these parts, you know, and nobody Hot else seemed to know. So I thought he was kind of ahead of his time for a, a guitar player for his age. And that's kind of, you know, lame thing he's not And now Tone has a bunch of guitars. How many Tone? As of last week, I count, I think, about 27. Wow. <laughs> and, well, that's counting mandolins. And, family. and so later on the spin cycle part of the show Those today, a, Tone's going to jam with Brother Matt. Cool. Those are Which one did to you bring? Families. Actually, I, I brought a, a, a Paul Reed Smith clone. So it's, it's, it's really nice. It's a... It's a it's an RJP. It's a it's these three Korean dudes that are here in America, but they own a company in Korea. And what they do is they live here, but they manufacture these guitars over there. And this this is a, a knockout, but it's re, it's a really nice guitar. Actually, it's very light. Only weighs about four pounds. It's it's really resonant and it just plays really great. I was going to bring the SG. Driving over here, we saw some old people paint. Yeah. Now, like D Boone was an artist. D Boone, the last uh, thing I think he painted. To, you used to paint Boone too. Used to paint a lot, but he's kind of put it aside. But those old people. Reminded you, so you're going to get back to so painting. I told Mike I should start painting again. Well, you said your mom said. My mom was telling me to start. She goes, you better start painting again. because you're getting old. You haven't painted anything in a long time. So I was kind of into the Salvador Dali thing, kind of, you know, uh, Georgia uh, O'Keeffe type of paintings. If anything, that's kind of what I'm into art-wise. Abstract. Abstract art. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I don't like a lot of other people's stuff. But as far as paint things that's what i would fall into in that kind of category you brought some music today tone brought some music today uh what, what, what are we going to play here we're opening up i believe with passion grace and fire and that's uh john mclaughlin with al Miola and papa de lucia right guitars you know, yeah, it's it's guitar that's guitar stuff i about a lot of guitar music okay let's listen to that that now on the watt from pedro show
Noah's behind. He's going up that one. The grapevine all the way out of L.A. I was on Figaro at the time, right out of that tunnel. In fact, it's the first time I ever bought a gross condom. <laughs> I was so excited, I made him say, actually, you know what it was? The other fella bet me $10. It was a man. <laughs> I said, what? You're out of your mind. Yep. 
She ran across the street nude. I swear, just like she was born, she ran. Uh, well, at least that isn't how it began, but... Husband's little Filipino. She's big, tall, natural blonde, kind of redhead, you know, kind of that sparkling, like sort of like you might take a um, Ann Sheridan, a little too dark, but a little lighter on, like actually the falseness of Rita Hayworth as a redhead, that sort of a sheen. Boom. Nice and clean. Bum, bum, bum. But anyways, <laughs> any, almost anything's better than being judged by Roy Bean, as given to understand there with um, Lang Tree, you know, you can hang from any tree. <laughs> but right now, you're hanging on this one with me. Climb that tree faster than you can skin the cat. Oh, well, now, wait a minute. Now, uh, something else there. I didn't want to say it quite that way, but when you got a cat skinner named Disaster, Missy Lou don't know just quite what to do. Now, the D8. Nine. And the biggest of the commercial line, D12. Twin sixes. I'd rather have that than the V16. Had to make too much of that, though. Well, I don't mean to say stand there. 196 is going when it took off there in a sands of Daytona that day. About, uh, oh, yeah, certainly 7-11 before 10, I'd say. Nine. Well, now, Seagreve lost his life same way. 25 like the Auto Union, 35. Decade later, but same thing, wind, you know, and put him right into the surf. Oh, you know, tide came in, that's two, two. Combination of the things, and I put by the mistake that Fitzgerald would uh, seem to be concerned about, and I mean F, Scott. Uh, the stupidity of a lost scene is a stupidity for in between. Uh, now, you heard that finger come down on that string there. We gave us changing the in between.
Pedro Show. Uh, that was Anchoring Down by the Doers, the Vancouver, Canada band, uh, where I played the bass because their bass player fell off a roof and was almost killed. So he played, uh, he was a little healed up when they had me come up and do that. I did a few songs. It's a record called uh, I Can Enjoy Almost Anything. And I'm on uh, five of the songs. Um, no, he didn't play guitar on that song. He just watched. His name is Barry, or is Barry. He's a sweet guy. He's healed up now, and he's playing bass. We can hear you clomping around there, Tom. Why don't you calm it down? Just say something. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I had to learn it right there on the spot, so give any plans oh before that we had neil cassidy he's the man who drove uh the the bus well yeah later on but first his first gig was driving jack kerouac around for the on the road thing and then he ended up driving keezy and the merry pranksters around on that bus and a little spoken word piece called grapevine out of la we've done the grapevine out tone was it last year i took him to san francisco yeah, we went up and uh, actually it might have been too when you played with Les Claypool. Yeah, Les Claypool. Where was that at the Fillmore? And uh, the Flying Fearless Flying Frog Brigade at I the Fillmore. At the Fillmore with Banyan. I forgot the new Banyan album. Played some last show, yeah. but it's supposed to be coming out. Perkins told me the name of it. Well, the working title is uh, "Live from the Perkins Palace." Or <laughs> 
<laughs> Perkins Palace was a gig here years ago. Pasadena? God, yeah, in Pasadena, an old theater. Played there with uh, butthole surfers and uh, sex gang children or something. Somebody from England. I remember you guys uh, played with them in Firehose in a little basement club. There's only like one exit door, and there's like 400 people down there. <laughs> we kept talking about if this place was going to catch on fire. That nobody with could the get buttholes? Yeah. Oh, you know what? Damn, I forgot. I have to, next show, because uh, Gibby just sent me his new record. Gibby's got a band called Gibby Haynes and His Problem. And he just sent me the new CD. So next show, more new Banyan and the new Gibby. Uh, I just got advanced copies of my record. I get Brother Matt yeah. one and Tone one. Tone was bumming because uh, there's no guitar on it. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> what did you say in the boat? I said one of these days uh, maybe I should play a little guitar on one of Yeah. You're on a... New Alliance record, right? Mighty Feeble or something? Yeah, way back. Right. And you were part of the compilation, uh, Our Band Could Be Your Life. Yeah. You played with me and Joe Boone, right? Sickles and, Sickles and Hammers. Yeah. Uh, speaking of old minute man, uh, myself and George Hurley have been invited to play at the English version of All Tomorrow's Parties uh, oh, cool. December 3rd. And then the day before, Shellac... He's playing a London show, and they asked us to, so we're going to play two England gigs oh, cool. in December. Me and Georgie has a duet doing old men and men songs. We did one here at Dancing Waters. Yeah. Brother Matt went. In yeah. fact, he's got the post show on the poster, Brother Matt. Speak Tone didn't go. Speaking of... What, the bone phone? No. There's the poster, Tone. You saw him around town, right. right? There's posts all around town. That, that actually was the third gig, because we did one at the Altamars party at the Queen Mary in Oakland. I believe you. November, and then a few years ago we did this benefit called Class Seventy Seven up at the El Rey Theater up in L.A. for a benefit for Flipside Magazine. So me and Georgie have done it three times, and uh, we get a little better each time. So hopefully, I it's think I believe uh, Agent Orange is playing down there this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. So they're down. they're trying to bring regular gigs in. Yeah, some old friends of yours. Yeah, uh -huh. Dale too. They said. They want, they're trying to get him in there. He's going to... Wow. I saw him the other night on TV. Well, you know what they call his fans? Dickheads? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Lucky guess. You got it, Tone. That little guy still shreds. He wails, and then he plays trumpet. And, uh, and he lives he in a trailer out in the desert, I yeah. think, right? Okay. Was that his tiger doing haircuts and stuff? I think his son, doesn't he have a son that plays with him or something like that? Am I wrong on that? I haven't seen him since the Dewey Weber longboard contest. <laughs> wow. By the way, on any Sunday is on tonight for any motorcycle fans, like old motorcycle movies. Yeah. Did you go to the first Super Bowl motocross? I went to a few. And they of those, had the big yes. wreck on the first corner. Yeah, I like think the I, first yeah. one they had a wreck on the first corner of the first race, and like fifty guys piled <laughs> it was up. Was at the Coliseum, yeah. I believe, back in and the some dude wrecked 80s. in the in the in the front. So they all like piled into him and ran each other over. They were at KMT then, so we used to have the run of the place. It was fun. <laughs> a bunch of those big events there. It was actually the start of something really big, I guess. Oh, yeah. Tone, uh, well, it had already been going on in Europe, but he'd right, come but over here, to here. Yeah. 
Tone had a international scout, four-wheel driver. So Tone used to go up 9th Street before they had Friendship Park up. Oh, go up Nets on the hill. Start wheeling it up. People would stop and, like, <laughs> kind of look and say, who's... You know, it kind of balls out, right? You can't it, stop. It's very, uh, I've seen people turn them over on that. that you know, you can, remember, you can't turn a vehicle around once you're on it. You always back <laughs> it down, but some people might use it. And uh, that's the first car I learned to drive a stick shift in. This guy that taught me took me out to this place. Real low gearing. Like, yeah. he'd get up to 50 miles an hour on the freeway, and it'd be yeah, that was spinning it. like a top. It was like 488. <laughs> front rear. Yeah, and it was speed. a huge four. It, it was, was four-cylinder, but like coffee can pistons, yeah. <laughs> like a 300 cubic inch four. No, it, it, it was a, it was actually a 151. I called it the Bacardi oh. Bacardi mobile because it was a 151 half of V8 International, and uh, you couldn't find parts for it, but like one place in all of California. And so, uh, well, 151 ain't that big. <laughs> no, but it was the biggest four-cylinder they made, and, and very large. The piston heads were like this. That's big. about 2,200 cc. But again, it didn't matter because it was for hill climb, and it would climb like some guy used to joke around. He said, "Well, you can climb telephone poles with this thing, <laughs> but you couldn't drive it on the freeway." Yeah. Which Dear we did. Had low. no. We took the doors off, and the, and the window would fold down so you could go shooting and stuff. And you look like you're some insane guy, but <laughs> but it really was. Just, yeah, take the windshield down and get on the freeway. <laughs> It was just catch all the bugs in the face. <laughs> but it was a fun, was a fun vehicle. How many uh, front ends you snap? Well, a tr- no, differentials. no differentials. A few. It had really low, for like four eighty eight front rear gears, which is, you know. And the tolerances you had to have player. They snap. If you put bigger tires on, you had to compensate, which you could change the ring and pinion gears, which we didn't. So we didn't s- snap on the axles, trying to <laughs> climb stuff. <laughs> But it was a good experience. Learned to work on like differentials and transmissions on that thing. And Tone was actually rear-ended in a Pino and lived. Whoa! Yeah, about forty mile an hour, a guy rear-ended me. Had a stop sign, man. It didn't. It didn't like explode. <laughs> Snapped the, the seatbelt. <laughs> it broke the safety. The brackets holding. No, the brackets that held the seat were busted. Whatever. I can walk through it. So yeah, and it didn't blow up. But some of those, I don't know what year they were. They did. Well, the wagon, I think, was a little more guarded. Because it was big. His pop the had a yellow pinnel wagon he used. He worked at Barker Brothers up on yeah, Flower. one time, the, there was three. We had every pinnel in the family, like the hatchback, <laughs> the, the liftback, and the wagon. Like, so Pretty embarrassing. You know, Dad would come home with this new car, and it was a pinnel. You know, it was like, oh, man, <laughs> shit, not the pinnel. All right, I just got this in the mail. It's a band. Um, where are they from? I don't know where they're from. Where's uh, 740 area code? Probably looked that up on the Webski. But anyway, I got this in the mail. I can't remember where they're from. But they're called the Reproductive Organs. 714, right? And here's a tune from them called Roll the Boulder. What from Pedro's show.
died. There's many more that probably should have died. There's a lot of people who have died. There's many more that probably should have died. There's a lot of people who have died. There's many more that probably should have died. There's a lot of people who have died.
show Tone you picked that one yes I did for all the surfers out there right we're smoking their bongs right now surfer Joe and Mo the sleaze off Neil's reactor record Neil Young a big uh, hero of yours you got a lot of his records on Tone so I like Neil Young he's I believe a very unique uh entertainer he's a hell of a man he likes those trains those lionel trains big train yeah you're a big train okay uh before train. that we had replicator i don't know where they're from damn you online brother matt well it's got some uh problems see gotta put linux on there yeah linux Linux. I think these cats are from uh, OC NorCal, okay. like Berkeley or something. <laughs> Replicator with the uh, oh god, the shit all stuck together here. No, they're from Oakland. I'm sorry. And uh, that tune was called "The Weight of Three Marlin Brandos." <laughs> <laughs> Who is no longer with us? Yeah. So maybe he might be. <laughs> Weighing a little less these days. <laughs> you think they lipoed them really good before they put them in the, in the box? And uh, before that, we had Bo Ray. Don't know where he's from, but that was um, his tune called When I Talked to the President, He Was Loaded. Although it didn't have lyrics. <laughs> instrumental interpretation of that. Um, Uh, he he had a little letter with his uh, CD. He said, uh, "Well, what you said, go start your own band." So I did. <laughs> so that's great. Much respect, Bo Ray. Keep forging ahead. And we started off that little set there with "Roll the Boulder" by the Reproductive Organs. Never found out where they came from, but I'm sure we can all relate to those. Sort of. <laughs> you got two sons, right, Tom? Yes, I do. Yeah. Let's hope they're not reproducing anybody right now. <laughs> Nathan, <laughs> Michael, right? How old are they? Uh, Michael's 21 and Nathan's 18. Nathan's playing guitar. They both play guitar. That's right. That's right. Michael plays too. Nathan's been playing with some people. Yeah. He got hosed out of the... Ozfest by some buddies, supposed buddies, clowns, well, karma whales. We're at the end of the first hour of the Watt for Pedro show, August 1st, 2004 edition. Hold tight for hour two.
August 1st, 2004. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Don't give 
went Because a girl can't know you And a boss can't forget Remember Jesus and Tequila I'm satisfied I can't deny it My life Is Jesus and Tequila I'm satisfied And I can't deny it From Pedro Show, that was Duckman Do with the cover of the Minutemen's Jesus in Tequila. Before that, we had Slippery Slope by National Monument, Vampire Waltz from the Burning Brides, and we start the second hour off with The War at Home by the Giant Haystacks, Bay Area Band. Uh, now, without further ado, it's my privilege. An honor to welcome aboard once again Brother Matt and Spin Cycle and special collaborator Tony Platten George on Bush. guitar. Mini Vegas here in the Peanut Gallery. Hey guys, cheer them on. Yeah. Here we go. So they can.
on the steps And I've been playing it straight But I just gotta cut loose Before it gets late So I'm going I'm going I'm gone Elmo said, boy, don't follow your been walking the room, and I've been living on the edge, and I just gotta go before I get to the edge, so I'm going, I'm going, I'm
Why, Bobby, you want to the session work out? It's a boss when I check hey. it. What? It's who I come, nine, nine, eh? Why is Mr. Talkative that, yes. you know? Why afraid I'm like puss? I will see yours. I will see yours. Box. How long will you live? Always to receive, but never to give. Always carry news all over the place. Mr. Chatterbox, you are a big disgrace. Your teeth and your tongue, I go let you down. And when them let you down, we are gonna batter you around. Beef, bop, boom, those are the blows you're gonna get. that Mr. Chatter, yeah, Mr. Chatterbox, it's from a new uh, Natty Rebel two CD thing of stuff when he was a uh, younger man, let's see, uh, yeah, Bunny Lee produced that, 1970, so uh, this is the older days before the Bob Marley that uh, everybody kind of knows of, but he started with uh, Peter Tosh and Bonnie Whaler and these mm-hmm. guys. Bunny's still torn. I think he's coming to the yeah, ball next Hollywood week. Yeah, he's Hollywood Bowl this weekend, I think. Uh, next weekend, huh? Yeah. Um, still torn around. Of course, Mr. Tosh uh, is yeah, him with lead. Mr. Marley. That was terrible. He was shot to death. Yeah. Right? And I guess somebody tried to shoot. Bob died of cancer, but... I tried to shoot him too. I guess he just got hit in the arm or something. Stuff. Uh, before Bob, we had something 
this Carlton Sandrock uh, put out these things. Some uh, rare Jimmy. That was Lover Man. I'm an outtake. Unfortunately, you got to read these books that come with these things to know what's up. They just don't want to fuck with the pretty art on the boxes. So you can, it's hard to know what the fuck is what, you know. So I, I apologize for being kind of ignorant. But here it is. May 1970 at the record plant. Unreleased track until alternate versions were issued on the Jimi Hendrix Experience box set. Okay, so that's scoop on there. Good to hear Jimmy, especially after all that guitar flail from Tone. Much done. Oh, yeah. Before Jimmy was Richard Hell doing a Bob Dylan song, Going, Going, Gone. I think it's a self portrait album. That's a good song. And uh, so, yeah, Brother Matt, spin cycle with tone whirling away. What's that like? Cool, thanks. Yeah, it was like a, like like that Banco de Gaia at the end that started clicking in. It's kind of hard, like, as soon as you, you didn't want vocals, so it seemed like everything I put in had vocals. Um, but it worked out. Yeah, cool. they were kind fun. of incidental, though. It, it wasn't like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just said it at the end, I think. I played through it. Yeah, that's cool. I liked it. Thanks. That stuff on the end was, i just saying that's kind of psychedelic, so I like that stuff, too. Vinny Vegas, good you came aboard. What did you think about that? Oh, it was awesome, man. Tell you. What were you dexterity. saying about it? Yeah, you were yeah. saying something about it. Fingers, it's fast. He was on fire. Man, my hands got tired just watching his. Real proper, real proper. All right, Tom, thanks Thank so much. Yeah, yeah, it was real good. Donate the sounds for the collaboration throwdown. Thank uh, Looks like we're coming up the end of the second hour here of the August 1st, 2004 edition of the Watt from Pedro show. The sun has come out. As par for summer. The, yeah. the 80s band I, well, covers I, coming in from the park pretty soon. That's next week, ain't it? Uh, next week's a taste. taste. I think today is the last Sunday concert. Oh, yeah, but they're gonna have all them clowns are coming in to go get band. more money. Yeah, you know, band. I'm gonna get interviewed. Yeah, I'll talk about this next hour, but I got something to say about that. Till then, hold tight for hour three. August first, two thousand and four. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show, and here's part two of Jack Flanders in Dreams of the Blue Morpho. I never liked that hotel. It's pompous and pretentious and... How did you know? That it's pompous and pretentious? No, you know what I mean. Oh, that you were having an encounter with the... with the light. Yeah. Binoculars. You were watching me with binoculars? That's right. Is that the way you operate? <laughs> Look, I was walking on the beach and I looked up and, and there was your hotel. You see, up there. Oh, so that's it. Well, I figured that that one must be your balcony, and, well, there you were, acting strangely. I, I knew Mojo had binoculars, so... Did you think I was going out of my mind? Well... Did you see it? The light? It was right there. Where? On the balcony, with me. You couldn't see it? No, I... I... Well, I don't know why I expected you would. When Mojo told me about you, it doesn't matter. Are you sure? I don't know. Amy, have you ever tried to step into the light? I want to get away from it. 
Why would I do something that stupid? Look, I'm just trying to understand what it is. I don't like people watching me with binoculars. I'm sorry. Oh, forget it. It won't happen again. Okay, I have tried to touch it, but it always backs away. Mm-hmm. It never touched you? No. Mojo said you were born in Costa Rica? I left when I was six years old. You speak Spanish? A little. <laughs> Un poquito. Do you remember where you lived in Costa Rica? It was a banana plantation. I don't know if the house is still there. My father was, I guess what you'd call a banana boss. Boss banana? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. A manager. After I was born, my mother left. Ah. Do you remember her? No. She left when you were a baby? Yes. I was a twin. You have a twin sister? She died at birth. I see. I used to make believe that she was still here. And we play together and we tell each other secrets. Mm-hmm. She was very real to me. Do you know where she was buried? No. Well, I think, if I'm not making this up, I, I think it was on the plantation not far from the hacienda. I think there was a marker. Mm-hmm. And your mother? Did you ever see her again? No. Do you know what happened to her? She died some years ago. What do you remember about your mother? Nothing. And your sister? As I said, she died at birth. My mother was a subject that was never talked about. Why? That's the way it was. It's the next morning. The sun brightly shines in through the open windows at Mojo's rented bungalow perched above the beach. Jack slowly shuffles out onto the porch, still a bit foggy from his flight, let alone the late and lively night he spent with his elbows on a lily pad, sipping margaritas at Senor Frog's. Morning. Good morning. Buenos dias. Yeah, right. Whatever. Oh, coffee. Thank God. Mm. Oh, see the way it eats the glaze right off of this cup. This is just the strength I need this morning. <laughs> Mojo and I have been talking. We figured you'd like to see more of this country. Oh, fine. There's a lot of things to do here. Huh? Would you like to go rafting? You mean paddling down some river, crashing into rocks, getting drenched, all that, that white water stuff? That's right. I think I'll pass. Well, how about horseback riding? You mean bouncing up? and down, getting scratched by thorns, that sort of thing. Do you know about the canopy tour they have? Uh, You mean the one where they make you wear a harness and you hang upside down on a cable over the jungle? (laughs) That's right. Oh, Mojo, I don't think so. (laughs) Do you like to surf? Uh, Snorkel? uh, Fish? uh, Bicycle? Well, uh, uh, Is there anything you'd like to do in Costa Rica? Right now? Yes. Right now, I just would like another cup of this Costa Rican killer coffee. (laughs) Is he always this hopeless? Ask him if he'd like to go birding. Birding? Now there's an idea. Oh, bird watching. Yeah. 
Sounds real exciting. Then let's do it. Let's go to Monteverdi. Monteverdi? Monteverdi. What's that? The Monteverdi cloud forest. You mean a rainforest? No, cloud forest. Well, I assume it's not a forest of clouds. No, a cloud forest is formed when moist, warm air sweeping in off the ocean is forced upward by the mountain slopes, and as the moist air rises, it cools, forming clouds. Mm-hmm. Hmm. A forest filled with clouds. Well, the clouds cling to the slopes, and the moisture condenses on the trees. The constant level of moisture has given rise to an incredible diversity of life forms. Uh-uh. Just about every inch of forest has something growing on it. There's trees covered with orchids. And there's giant ferns from the age of the dinosaurs. So it's uh, pretty high up, like in the clouds. Monteverdi was settled by the Quakers back in the 50s. Quakers? Oh, you mean like uh, friends? Yeah, Quakers from the U.S., right. Yeah, they, they, they do duck calls, right? Duck calls? No, man, you're thinking of quackers. Oh, right, 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 the crackers. No, not, not the crackers. That's white folks. Oh, Are you right. two trying to be funny? <laughs> so what else do they do in Monteverdi? There's an orchid garden. Mm-hmm. A butterfly garden. Oh, but you can't eat them. What? Butterflies. Eat butterflies? Uh, I told Jack about those butterflies that put out cyanide when something tries to eat them. Cyanide? So uh, is that it? For uh, Monteverdi? No, don't forget the cheese factory. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> they have some really fine restaurants. Hmm. And there's bird watching. How about watching the bird watchers? Oh, now that's something that really excites me. The road to Monteverde is made of dirt and rocks and potholes. Once you turn off the paved Pan-American Highway, Highway 1, it's pretty much all uphill, dusty, bumpy, and occasionally your SUV four-wheel drive will bottom out, scraping the underside, causing sparks and metal screechings. You'll crank the steering wheel this way and that way, attempting to avoid potholes and boulders, and the occasional cow. Mojo, is this the only way there? I can feel my... My internal organs are being rearranged. <laughs> when the Quakers came up here in the 1950s, <laughs> it took about two weeks to get up here. Yeah, well, what would they do? Come by ox cart? That's right. Huh? I don't think they've done much in the way of road improvements since then. <laughs> you know what they have up here? Oh, I can't imagine. It's really beautiful, too. Beautiful road? No, a toad. The golden toad. Oh, is it really... Ow. Is it really golden? Well, it's only about... It's long, but it's this bright neon orange. Brightest colored toad in the world. Sometimes you'd see hundreds at a time. Yeah, well, I can hardly wait. No one's seen one in about ten oh, years. Oh, that's too... That's too bad. But look at the view. Look down there. Isn't it... Oh. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah, it's also straight down, but I have to admit... With no guardrails to actually obstruct the view, it's enough to take one's breath away. Several bouncing hours later, they finally arrive at their lodge in Monteverde. Oh, next time I'm taking the ox cart. <laughs> Come on. Oh. You know, I noticed that no one bothered to tell me it was going to be a three-hour drive all uphill on a dusty, rutted, rocky, pitted, potholed road. <laughs> 
That's the kind of drive that inspired Elvis. What do you mean? He means I'm all shook up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take a shower. I'll see you two at dinner. (sighs) Mm, Nice air up here. Mojo, do you think Amy's little light is becoming a little dangerous? Dangerous to Amy or to anyone who tries to get near her? Amy thinks it wants her to die. I I don't know about that. But one of us has got to stay close to her. And then what? We just don't know what it is. I know. You know? I'm just agreeing I know we don't know. You know, Mojo, with all your esoteric knowledge, your studies of the occult, psychic phenomena, my God, you even know voodoo. I mean, you must have heard about something similar to this. Uh, This isn't some Moroccan witch's curse or some entity trying to inhabit, Amy. You haven't seen this light. But I have. It's physical. It's three-dimensional. It's alive. And it wants her. It wants her for what? That's what we got to figure out. Yeah. And soon. Late that afternoon, as the sun is beginning to set and the shadows of the giant trees stretch out across the rolling landscape, Jack and Amy take a stroll down a path along the edge of the forest. here is really special. Yeah. There's quite a view from up here. What's that body of water way over there? The Gulf of Nicoya. Ah, some distance, huh? Really up high. Have you seen these trees? Aren't they amazing? Yeah. That one with, with the roots above the ground. It's exactly like what I saw in the Amazon rainforest. And here they are growing on the top of a mountain. Where are all the bird watchers? <laughs> they go to bed early, you know, with the birds. I see why the Quakers fell in love with Monteverde. Mm-hmm. Amy? Hmm? Do you mind if I kiss you? Uh, Jack, I don't think it's a wise... No, 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 listen to me. If we appear to be lovers, then there's a fair chance that your friend will appear. But... You can't see it. Well, maybe. We'll see. That's why you want to kiss me? Well, what other reason would there be? (laughs) (laughs) And who knows? Maybe maybe I'll be able to see the light. Really? There is a way to see an apparition. You don't look directly at it. Instead, you, you watch out for it, out of the corner of your eye. Hmm. So? You want to kiss? Sure. Like a couple of teenagers, remember? All right. But don't let your hands stray, okay? <laughs> God forbid. Yeah, right. <laughs> Come here. Mm. That wasn't too bad. I've had better. Okay. Let's try again. And um, how often will we be doing this? Oh, just now and then. To see if we can attract your jealous little friend. Do you think it's jealous? I don't know. You don't see any lights lurking about, do you? No. Maybe it knows that we're faking it. Jack, that was a pretty good fake. Shall we try again? Uh, Let's keep walking. Do you ever feel like 
part of you is missing. How do you mean? I don't know. But there's something inside you, but you can't reach it. Go on. I feel there's someone that's near me. I don't mean the light. It's different. It's something else. Maybe it's another side of yourself. I don't know. I've had recurring dreams where there's a door that I open, and suddenly I'm looking at my own face. It's a face I've never seen before. It's your face, but you've never seen it. No. Do you think maybe you're seeing your dark side? How would I know? Well, did it have little horns and sharp teeth? What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thanks. Look, we all have a dark side. What I'm talking about is, well, sometimes I wonder what it's like to have been born a Siamese twin, and then to be surgically cut free of each other. Is that what you feel like? It's like part of me was separated at birth. Isn't that because you had a twin sister who, who died at birth? I don't think that's it. Have you ever felt this way? No. I have been involved in relationships where we were so close that when we separated, I, I, I felt as if I were physically torn in half. That's it. That's what I'm saying. Only I felt this way all my life. Your mother left your father when you were a child, right? Right after I was born. And your father—he never told you. Jack, I don't want to talk about my mother. Well, do you get depressed when you think about her? No, I get headaches. Okay, look. I feel there's a part of me that I've never met, but it's trying to tell me something. I know that light is connected to this, but I don't know how, or why, or, or in what way. Maybe I would be better off dead. Hey, hey, come here. I can't keep going. It's trying to drive me crazy. Amy, Mojo, and I are here to protect you. We're not going to allow you. You see something? Yes. The light? Yes. Where? Behind you. What? I don't see it. It's gone. Uh, looks like I. Wait a minute. I just got a glimpse of something. Can you see it? No, but I feel it. My God. There it is. Where? Don't look. It's up in the trees, directly above us. You really see it? Yes, and it's not just glowing. It's sort of pulsating. I'm going to hold you close, okay? I want to see how it reacts. Mm-hmm. It's coming down. I can feel it. I don't think it likes me. I know. It's hovering just above us. Maybe it's being cautious. Or maybe. Ow! Ow! Did you feel that? What? I don't know. Is it? Getting nauseous. Get away! Get out of here! Please! No, no, no! Alone. Wait, 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 wait! Don't! Ah, it's gone. That thing took a swipe at you? Ah,、uh, not exactly. I, it just—I'm not sure.、Hmm. You okay now?、Ah, a little headache, a little nausea. That's all. Hmm. Looks like your little ruse worked just fine. Hmm. 
You know, appearing like you and Amy got something going on between you two. Uh, I wonder if this this apparition, this phenomenon, but what do we call this thing? Um, the light fandango. Right. I wonder if it ever succeeded in killing anyone. It probably never had to. Anyone wooing Amy would have hightailed out of town before then. Well, what if I stand my ground? What do you think will happen? I, I don't think that's a good idea. No? Who's to say that your ground was always going to be there for you to stand on? The next morning, as they have breakfast in the vacant dining hall of their lodge... Where is everyone? The early birder gets the bird. <laughs> gets the bird. <laughs> I want to leave. Amy, we just got here. I want to leave now, this morning. Well, this is a nice place, but... It... If you want to... Oh, God. What's wrong? What did they do to this coffee? Let me see. Oh. Yeah, it's been watered down. Ah, diluted, perfectly good coffee? It's because there are so many American tourists in Monteverde. They watered down the coffee for the gringos? Probably. Yeah, it's those damn birders. (laughs) You know, if they drank the real Costa Rican coffee, they wouldn't be able to hold their binoculars straight. Oh, come on. No, he's right. A couple of the real stuff, and they'd be hopping up and down during bird calls. <laughs> so. Oh, God, it's terrible. Where are we going now? You know where I'd like to go? Guanacaste. Uh, Monteverde is in Guanacaste? I mean, further north, up toward Playa Flamingo or Playa Grande. I have a friend who has a house there. Oh, so what's up there? More beaches? Oh, Playa Grande is one of the places where the leatherbacks lay their eggs. You mean the U.S. Marines? <laughs> no, man. That's leather necks. Oh. You don't want to call a Marine or leather back. That's a turtle. <laughs> you know, I, I just had this image of a Marine squatting in the sand laying eggs. <laughs> oh, man. You better not take this any further. Or some leather neck is going to kick your butt. I don't think we should disturb the turtles. Or the Marines. Do they bury their eggs on the beach? You're talking about a turtle, right? (laughs) They lay their eggs at night. But there's guards patrolling the beach, making sure that you're not out there unless you have a guide and a permit. So they protect the turtles. Oh, they're trying. The local Ticos used to eat the eggs. Hmm, I wonder what turtle eggs taste like. You're not going to find out. Mojo, what do you think about a turtle egg omelet? You mean with red peppers, onions, and some salsa? Yeah, pinto beans, rice, tortilla, little hot sauce. Okay, okay, stop it, all right? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Leather next. <laughs> oh, man, you better watch yourself. <laughs> Guanacaste. It's named after a tree, the ear pod tree. Its pods spiral gracefully to the ground. Its long branches spread out, providing shade for all creatures during the scorching heat of midday. It's also a great place to take a siesta or to sit in the shade and drink a nice cold beer. You can see why I like Guanacaste. Yeah, it's beautiful. Costa Rica and Nicaragua went to war over this territory. They finally settled it by having the locals vote where they wanted to be, and they chose Costa Rica. Hmm. Is it mainly ranches? Along here, yeah. It is a lot of weird-looking cattle. You see those big humps on their shoulders? Yeah, I did. Now, aren't those the same as the ones they ride in rodeos? What's that? Well, don't they call them Brahma bulls? (laughs) 
I thought a, a Brahma was some kind of high caste Indian dude. Oh, that's right, Mojo. I believe they're called Cebu. You mean the cows? Sounds African. They are native to Africa and Asia. They say these Cebus can really take the heat. You know, and speaking of cows, I've noticed there's a lot of cowboys riding around on horses in these parts. They're called sabaneros. Yeah, that's what they're wearing on their heads, right? No, man. That's called a cowboy hat. Oh, then a sabanero must be a lasso. Oh, sabaneros are branding iron. <laughs> no, a sabanero is like a gaucho, you know? <laughs> oh, never mind. Ah, these trees are amazing, aren't they? They're all in bloom. Yeah, you see these big trees all covered with flowers. They grow everywhere. What about those red ones? They're just as bright as lipstick. They're called flame trees. And I've been noticing the way they just sort of drop their flowers in the road, sort of petaling our path as we approach. I wouldn't mind living here. You mean buy a ranch? Sure. I can polish up my Spanish a little... Maybe even call myself Tico Jack. Tico Jack. <laughs> I like that. Tico Jack. Yeah, I could live with that. Well, I couldn't. Flamingo Beach. Now, finding the hotel that you booked in advance in Playa Flamingo can be a bit befuddling. Because there's the Flamingo Beach Resort the Flamingo Bay Resort, the Flamingo Marina Resort, and the Hotel Flamingo Beach. Well, after checking into one of these resorts, Jack and Mojo stroll on down the beach. This Lake Flamingo is one of the finest beaches in Costa Rica. <laughs> I can see why. It's sort of scimitar-shaped, pure white sand. It's, it's beautiful. It's their favorite spot for wealthy ticos and gringos. Mojo... Tell me something. Mm -hmm. Where are the flamingos? There's no flamingos. There's no flamingos on Flamingo Beach? No. Well, where'd they go? They were never here. Well, how did it get its name? It was founded by the famous Spanish conquistador. Which one? Freddy Flamingo. Was that before or after he played Vegas? <laughs> I don't know how it got its name. Okay, look, I can live with no flamingos, so where's the turtles? No, no turtles. No leathernecks? I, I mean leatherbacks? They lay their eggs a few kilometers south of here, at Playa Grande. Well, how many beaches are there in this country? Oh, I don't know. Maybe hundreds. And that's just on this side of the country. Don't forget there's the Caribbean side. More beaches? Yeah. Hmm. Shouldn't one of us be with Amy? It's okay. She's with her friend. Boy, these waves are really coming in. Yeah, full moon tomorrow night. You know, Mojo, this, this is a nice vacation, but I don't think I'm doing much good here. Yeah, we'll figure this out. Yeah, a lighter shade of pale. What's that? Pursuing the light fandango. <laughs> well, let's hope it doesn't start pursuing us. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, Mojo... This is my friend, Nina Gonzalez. Ah, Nina. How you doing? It's nice to meet you. Are you Costa Rican? No, no, I live in the U.S. But you're Latino. I was born in Venezuela. Do you surf? How did you know? That's quite a tan you have there. <laughs> you're almost as dark as Mojo. No, I'm not. Oh, I'm sorry, I meant no offense. Oh, hey, that's okay. 
Paleface is just jealous, that's all. <laughs> I thought there were African descendants in Costa Rica, but everyone seems to be related to the conquistadors. It's not like Mexico. There were very few indigenous people living here. They say about 98% of Costa Ricans are white or mestizo. Mestizo? You mean part Indian? Yes. Less than 2% are pure Indian or black. But on the Caribbean, in Puerto Limón, you will see the influence of the West Indies. There are Rastafarians, there's reggae music, Creole cooking. That's very different. Mm, speaking of food... Oh, Nina told me there's a great place to eat here in Flamingo. Why know where they make a wonderful Barcelona paella? Yeah, it sounds good to me. Mm-mm. Grief. It seems like I am thirsty here all of the time. Hmm. It doesn't rain up here for six months of the year. Mm. It's the dry season. It sure is. You know, I don't know how these Ticos... By the way, why are Costa Ricans called Ticos? They say the name Ticos comes from the colonial saying, we are all hermaniticos, little brothers. Ah. But some say it's because they love to use diminutives. Small, chico becomes chiquito and chiquitito or chiquitico. You mean like, I'll be back in a momentico. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Nina thinks I should see a curandera in Puerto Limón. A curandera? A medicine woman. I have heard of an old woman they say is very wise. She also practices santeria. Santeria? Isn't that similar to the Brazilian candomble? Both religions have their roots in Africa. Wasn't Santeria common in Cuba before the revolution? Santeria originated in Cuba. Oh. It is still practiced there, but it's also practiced in Miami, New York, New Orleans, in many cities in the United States. And apparently here in Costa Rica. Santeria is not apparent. It may even be practiced next door by your neighbor, and you would not know. I'd know. <laughs> I can tell that voodoo drumming anywhere. <laughs> uh -huh. Santeria is not voodoo. Oh, I know. That's what the Pentecostal people say, too, when they go into their trances and start speaking in tongues. Ain't new voodoo here, no, sir. That's just the spirit of the Lord shaking in me and making me do the boogie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is Santeria a secret religion? It was because they were persecuted, but now they just keep to themselves. But don't you wish more religions would do that? I mean, just keep to themselves. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Santeria is much more prevalent along the Caribbean. I know there's more differences in Santeria and Haitian voodoo than there are similarities, but still... Vodun, Candoble, Santeria, they all deal with the Orisha. Oh, God, not those Orishas again. You know of the Orishas? Oh, yes. I've shaken my hands with more than one of them. What do you mean? In Brazil, there was someone I knew who was involved with... Well, it's too involved. Never mind. What are Orishas? They are gods, deities. How many are there? Well, they say in Africa... There may be about 600 different Orishas. 600 deities? But in Latin America, there's only about 20 or so. Well, I'd like to know more about this, this curandera. Who is she? She's like a priestess, a santera. You see, in Santeria, only a man may be a high priest, what they call a babalao. Oh, is that like Desi Arnaz, you know? Babalu, babalu, aye. <laughs> 
The Ciernas was Cuban. One of the Orishas is Babaluaye. You're kidding. No, no. Babaluaye is an Orisha that has the power to cure or cause illness. Cure or cause? Yes, both ways. Babaluaye is one of the most respected and well-loved of all Orishas in Santeria. And this old woman, what's her name? Doña Fernandez. She lives in Puerto Limón. Puerto Limón. What's that, the port of lemons? Puerto Limón was named after a large lemon tree that grew where the town hall now stands. Ah. Oh, that's nice. Name it a city after a tree. So, Nina, you believe that Doña Fernandez may be able to tell us about this, this apparition? This what? Amy's light. Doña Fernandez is a well-respected turandera. She doesn't do TV ads, does she? What's that? Never mind. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Dinner. 
more years of enduring this sideshow. When we're made to feel as though we don't matter. We can only wait for the clowns to enter and provide the laughter. Buckle your seatbelts and get ready to vote because it really isn't going to matter in the end. Yes, you need to vote for the party that I voted for for the whole time. None of the above. We are undefeated in American elections. Yes, that's right. None of the above. Come join and don't cast your vote. With his gun 
crying like a fire in the sun. Look out, the saints are coming through, and it's all over now, baby blue. The highway is for gamblers, but I use your sense. Take what you have gathered from coincidence. The empty-handed painter from your streets is drawing crazy patterns on your sheets. The sky too is falling under you, and it's all over now, baby blue. All your seasick sailors, they're all rowing home. Your empty-handed army is all going home. Your lover who just walked out the door has taken all his blankets from the floor. The carpet too is moving under you, and it's all over now, baby blue. Stones behind. There's something that calls for you. Forget the dead you've left. They will not follow you. The vagabond who's rapping at your door is standing in the clothes that you once wore. Like another match, go start anew, and it's all over now, baby blue. What from Pedro's show? That was uh, Mr. Bob Dylan. With uh, it's all over now, <laughs> baby blue, but not your trumpeting, butt trumpeting of your motorcycle. 
before that, we had Tone. You picked that Dylan song, right? That's right. And you also picked the one before it, Fortunate Son, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Before that, we had uh, N-O-T-A. Um, Wisconsin uh, band. Well, I guess it's a one-man dealio, Justin Gorman. And N-O-T-A, that's probably uh, none of the above. Huh? Yeah. And uh, much like Mota, which... <laughs> Nota, not Mota. <laughs> and the track was called Corpses and Clowns. And we started the third hour off with uh, part two of Jack Flanders in Dreams of the Blue Morpho. Uh, Tone, you listened to a lot of Dylan, huh? Remember when we were younger? Yes, we did. <laughs> it wasn't just you, it was me, too. No, yeah. Because you guys turned me on, basically. Probably up to Blood and the Drax, that record. You listened to all those early ones. Yeah. Because, like, I remember, I knew about some deal, but you turned me on, like, a lot of the older stuff that I hadn't heard before, and stuff, you know. Right. Like that one, bringing it all That's back right. home. That's right. That's an excellent album. Yeah. With those last three songs that you already played one, you said, but I thought... Yeah, it's all right, Ma. Yeah, see, kind of went in with the other song. It's <laughs> being... That's a, and, that, and that one too I would have played all three of them <laughs> those are my the best I think on the record at least and what made you play Creedence? I was thinking uh, am I not correct the Minutemen we were talking about the Min- an old Minutemen you guys covered that and, God, you know D-Boo and I Creedence well Gre- you know D-Boo was a big fan of Creedence Clearwater yeah. right a lot of people don't know maybe that's maybe they flannels. do that's right so I picked that song uh, here's your CD. Mr. Vinny Davis had to leave us. Uh, what do you have to do? Well, he's roaming around. He's, uh, on his mission. Oh, here's the CD. <laughs> Sorry, Tony just gave you an empty box. That's all right. So, Tone, do you have plans for any new guitars? You're ta- talking about a bazooki. Yeah, I'm talking about that. Tone's pop side's got Greek. Uh, In fact, his name was for Platin. His grandpa changed it. His grandpa came over from Greece. In fact, some of the intense Pedro history. His grandpa ran several uh, card pads, right? Like, where many Tanapas? Uh, yeah. But be, uh, the name he came over with was Platonus. Right, and, and then they shortened, shortened it up. And he was, uh, so his grandpa was here early. What did he do, taxis? He started out like, a, well, first he told me, you know, the old, I peeled onions for 17 hours a day. Yeah, right. Then he said he bought a car, and he started taxiing dudes from Vallejo down here to this part of California. Uh-huh. And he started up a taxi, like he, I guess he's what, he came over here in 1912. Titanic, does that ring a bell, I think? And, uh... And he started up that, and he, that's how he started. And then he ended up owning lots of bars and restaurants. And he used to own a Dreamland Furniture here in San Pedro back in the 40s. And Tommy Minas, Tommy's Bar, he was one of his partners. And was, I guess there's a few liquor stores and other bars and stuff. But we're talking, you know, back a ways back. Cause he's uh, but the card since. pads, right? Yeah, and he, he liked to play, a, what was the Greek game? of Prohibition King. He used to bootleg his whiskey, and, you know, under the house and... He says his pop used to ride with his grandpa, oh, really? sitting on the 
on a rumble seat and, and coming from LA, bringing some down here to the South, South Bay Area. And that was, you know, I guess something uh, to make money with, right? Yeah, <laughs> That's what it was all about. It was money. And he, he played Pinochle. That was the card. He won There's money big at cards. There's a song called Bootleg. And he goes, take a glass of water, make it against the law, see how good the water tastes. Oh, yeah. I watched a show on some seriously, this Moonshiner. He said in, a, in like three months, he could pull, I couldn't believe the amount. He said, and they caught him. He had these stills going on. This was recently, like last year. They gave him a year in jail because he's been busted a bunch of But I think he was telling he could make forty, fifty thousand 50000 a month just selling it to dudes in the mountains and stuff. So wow. like he said, you make something illegal, right, <laughs> where people yeah. buy the stuff. <laughs> So, well, anyway, so back to Gramps. That's what he was doing. He was, you know, bootlegging stuff and gambling. And but he told me also he lost. He told me he goes he lost about five hundred thousand dollars on horses back then. But yet he made a ton playing some card game called Pinochle. Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> you win some, you lose yeah. big in the other. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, he was, he was Greek You know, when he and Tom lived in the same building there on Twenty Third Street. His grandpa built the house next door. Oh. Well, or bought it the first year. I, they built half, they added on and they built added it. On. Added that whole back. Yes, that anyway. was the pad yeah. that his pop grew up in. In wow. fact, there was a little pad in the backyard, which was his pops. Well, yeah, built guy. into the three-car garage, which they built. Yeah, they turned one of the plays, and he, I guess when he was, whatever, 17, made that as well. Yeah, get out of the house. There used to be a little bridge that would connect the house to the to the garage right. in the backyard. Then he joined the Navy. Yeah, like your old man, but a little, little before. Oh, where's your dad? Or something? Well, your pop was a little old. I know, it's not the same. Well, what was he born? 20, 26. My pop is like 39. Yeah. Well, my pop died yeah, I know. Well, my dad was, what, 60, so close. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so, but the bootlegging and gambling, I guess, you know. So you, you could say it runs in the family a little bit. I don't know. Do <laughs> One time I was at Tone's Pad, his pop was great Schmieler. Excellent. I mean, that guy would not, you know, some people just talk and try and bore the hell out of you. This cat was great. Because he did furniture up at Barker, so he got people skills really good. Mm-hmm. And not like a shyster get people to buy what they didn't want. He'd find out what they needed and stuff, and he just made you feel, feel good about being around him. He could talk about anything, man, and make you feel comfortable. One time I was over there, we're talking with Sanzania. Right? That's right. It blew wow. up in front of my house. But I like watched it blow up. Wow. I was being him. We're yeah, looking up. I'm facing the other way. Yeah. Tone. Actually sawed out the window. Oh, well, you were right? still living there. I lived on 23rd this is, and Myler. Before 23rd. Or 22nd. Like, uh, on the other side of Gaff. And he had this killer killer view I of all. There's a three tier backyard with the double double balconies. And I remember my dad was there. It was a, I can remember it was 7 o'clock on a Saturday evening. Yeah, looking out the window. And you really did. You, you just saw the, the pillar of yeah, shoot a thousand feet in the air. But, and then you heard it. I mean, what's faster? The actual. And the sound Life, seven seconds later, life. right? So you just saw this humongous and didn't know what the hell it was. I just yeah. remember driving down Stephen White Drive, all the garage doors blown off, <laughs> windows blown off, forty miles away, and, and freaking Pasadena. They said they blew windows out. Wow! It so what's Pasadena? Problem. How many miles? Thirty. I got some rivets yeah, from that. Miles. Thirty-five miles. I got some rivets from that. Do you really? That were just sheared in half because uh, my dad was on the fireboat then. He was a fireman. Well, he probably helped put the thing. The fireboat out. two came to put it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It blew up to three chunks. Yeah, just and I've never seen them sitting there. I'll never forget. Yeah. The next day, you just like whoa. Yeah. 
the next day I went, they had that needle that pours the call back down. Yeah, that's gone now, too. That's right. Speaking of things that are gone, Peter, the shipyard, now the Carl's Bakery. A couple shipyards. Yeah. Part of Pedro's heritage, like the gentleman that was here earlier, right? Talking about everybody in Pedro, like because the Todd Shipyard is kind of heritage. Yeah, there was a time. Now it's Yang Ming. Right. uh, China shitting. Yeah, you could get out of high school then and and get a whole bunch of different jobs. Shipyard, cannery, you know, you could still buy a. And that was a. With a regular high school education, getting a career. That's right, you could. The shipyard, what a trip you trade. How many places do that? Three? I mean, yeah. up north in Seattle, I think back then, and yeah. here we had some. Southwest Marine still on Turtle Island. Yeah. And maybe on the East Coast, there's that one place we went over. And there's a little shipyard right next to Warehouse One. Mm. On the other side, there's a little San Pedro shipyard. Yeah, yeah, they just made them. They usually do Mexican boat. boats, like yeah. uh, something reefer. They always got reefer in their name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got some Richard Meltzer here. He sent me a, a disc with like 50 spiels on it. And I'm going to take these spiels and put them together with the other sounds and do something I'm going to call Spiel Gusher. Cool. And uh, like this, kind of like what you do with the spin cycle, put these mosaics together. And uh, so here's a poem Richard gave me. It's called The Seven Seas of Love on the Lot from Pedro Show. The seven seas of love, red, black, brown, beige, Caribbean, Adriatic, vagina. The seven seas of love, too, red, black, beef, pork, pudding, fundament, wee-wee. Three, black, brown, Bran, wheat, cunny, butt, mucilage. Four, menstrual, vino, saliva, sweat, hot and sour. C number six, napalm. Five, rojo, verde, vegan, bako, butto, mush pie, tequila. Six, dead, Med, lava lamp, mackerel, snapper, ammonia, Velveeta. Seven, latex, cleavage, tum water, clit water, bath water, fart water, heroin. Eight, salt, no salt, scum, sand, snot, yeast, patchouli. Nine, KY, K9, BJ, JO, estrogen, nitrogen, enema.
damn, you're the woman for this man. Danko Jones with Hot Damn Woman. <laughs> I got to play with Danko in Wiesn, uh, Austria, this uh, tour I just did with the Stooges. And he uh, interviewed me for his radio show. You can go to dankojones.com. He's got streaming off of there. Um, he's a cat from Cor- uh, Canada, Toronto, but he lives in Sweden. He's got a little trio and uh, Good guy. He's a very interesting man. I played with him before, a year before uh, France. And I played with uh, Ashton, Ashton, Masque Savoie. And before that was Richard Meltzer with the Seven Seas of Love. A little spiel for me. He said, get the spiel gushing going. Tone, uh, you know uh, Richard Meltzer because of uh, his connection with Blue Oyster called Writing Lyrics. Yes. Yeah, you actually met. Some of the guys in Blue Oyster Cult, right? Long time ago. How'd that happen? Was that a gig? It was at a gig. Somebody at a Long Beach Arena. I'm with this. I'm with this. Better? Why don't you that. just sit up to it, Tom? Okay. okay. Well, no, don't hold on to it. I wasn't. I was yeah, just... there you go. All right. What do you want to know now? Yes, it was Long Beach Arena, Blue Oyster Cult. When? About 30 years ago. <laughs> God, it had to be. 1976, 77, something like that. Right. Right? You were there, no? No, I wasn't You weren't there. at that one? Because we've been, I think, what, nine times with him, about seven. So no, I, I think I, I left think... earlier because it was you and Mark. And they, I some dude, separate. I went my own car. some guy went out and poured sugar in a bunch of people's gas tanks. So a lot of dudes were getting towed and they couldn't get towed, truck driver in, right, until really late at night. So me and Matt Max went with us, who wrote That's right. their song. I drove by anyway, we went around. I go, they weren't getting there. They said they, nobody would be there for a good couple hours. So I go, let's go around back and see what, you know, what's happening back there. And their limo was waiting. It's a big deal. So then they waited for a little while, peeked out the door and buck, and about three of them came out. I, I think, who wasn't there, I told you. I didn't see, uh, was it E. Bloom or Lanier? I don't know. I can't, you, yeah. You pick, One person right? wasn't there, huh? No, no, no. Someone else there. And some girl was talking about oh. his boots. And he wasn't a big guy, but he's very fast for... No, Buck was little. He's the only one I haven't met. And, uh, but these, you know, really not cordial. Just 
And they stayed around talking with people for about a half hour and, you know, went back out and waited for the tow truck. But who else? I, you know, I didn't talk to anybody else. But, yeah. Just, you saw Buck Dharma. Five foot one in his high heel shoes. <laughs> Boone very influenced by Buck Dharma's playing. In fact, uh, one of the last paintings, remember? What's that it? last one of the last paintings? That's it's right. The, the Buck, was the inside of Tyranny Mutation? Buck's got the what? The S.G. or the Les Paul in his hand? I can't well, remember. He's rubbing it with Lanier or Bloom or something. Yeah, with Bloom. At the end, they'd all they'd all play. Everybody would play guitar on the last, right? They'd all get the well, drum. Why yeah. stay on bass? Yeah, okay, it was still a guitar. But Albert <laughs> would jump off and play and, guitar, yeah. so they had no drummer. And he and ends up hooking up with guitars. Years later, that's ironic because I would say probably what. Maybe one of your three most uh, influential bands growing up for you yeah, too. You have to. I remember nine. Okay, that's gonna, that's not Grateful Dead numbers, uh, but like <laughs> you meet those guys. Uh, I did that when I was six. I got to push Jerry's limo once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tony. I want to thank you much for coming aboard. Thank you very much. Thank you, brother Matt. Thank you much for the essential assistance, togetherness. Uh, we're almost done here with the uh, August 1st, 2004 edition of the Watt from Pedro show. Uh, be back next week, and I got, I got some news, so it'll trip you out. But until then, keep your powder dry. <laughs>